You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. You've made it to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, the show where I take credit for solving your problems by introducing you to smart people with good ideas. You may have guessed, my name is Heather, and in addition to being your host, I'm a national board-certified health and well-being coach, and that means it is my favorite thing to help you connect with the elements of your life that help you live in balance, whatever that means for you. And I wonder, have you ever felt like you're in that I Love Lucy episode where Lucy and Ethel are at the chocolate factory and the conveyor belt is going by? If you know what I'm, which one I'm referencing, you're probably about to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm thinking about the part beyond where everything is great and they're putting the chocolate into the boxes and everything is hunky dory. I'm thinking about the part where it gets faster, speeds up. They can keep up a little bit, but they start making shortcuts and then it gets way fast and they're just shoving the chocolate into their mouths. Yeah. This show is all about how to slow down that conveyor belt so that you are able to deal with life at the pace at which it is coming to you. And I hope it's full of delicious chocolate. But before we can get to the chocolate, we're going to have a conversation with my guest today. Her name is Leslie Davis. And if you are a go-getting, overachieving, accomplishment junkie like me, you're going to love this lady. She told me that about 20 years ago, she had a front porch moment and decided she did not want to be 80 years old sitting on her front porch saying, I wish I would have. And since turning 50, she has, get ready, taken up scuba diving, gone riding in a hot air balloon, that's on my bucket list, traveled to Zimbabwe multiple times by herself, gone on about 10 mission trips. She's lost 100 pounds. She's taken up weightlifting. And in fact, she told me that this morning she deadlifted 235 pounds. She's written eight books. She quit a job that was like taking the life out of her and learned more about life than she ever did in college. She turned 65 this year, and she is not slowing down yet. Leslie, welcome to Heather Solves Everything. Well, Heather, thank you so much for having me. And I am laughing because that episode with Lucy and Ethel and the conveyor belt is such classic comedy. Well, today we're going to talk about how you discovered how to change your mindset, how to take control of your life, how to release the things and the people that you don't have control of. Are you ready? Are you ready to solve everything? I am more than ready. And I am so excited. So let's go. Let's get into it. Okay, so I can pretty much just end my podcast after this episode because it sounds like you're going to take care of everything, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. 100%. I want to go to that front porch moment. I want to to know what got you there in life? How did you get to the point where you decided, you know what, I don't want to be 80 years old and wishing I had done the stuff. I'm going to do it now. 
Um, I was recognizing, well, first of all, my two older boys had gone off to college. My younger one, you know, was going through elementary school and I'm looking around and I'm like, how am I defining myself? But more importantly, how is the world defining me? And at that time I was in my forties and I'm looking around and I'm thinking the world is defining me according to this stuff. And I'm allowing the world to define me according to this stuff. And I have all these things that I want to do. I said, you know what? I am not going to be 80 years old sitting in my rocking chair on my front porch saying, I wish I would have. Because how many people do you know that are in their late 60s, 70s, approaching that 80 mark, and they can barely move? And they are, you know, what is it that they're talking about? They're talking about their regrets. And I love the scene from the Millers or Meet the Millers, whichever one it is, where he gets the tattoo, no rag reps. <laughs> I love that. Not, not a single letter. <laughs> <laughs> but recognizing, you know, we, we are given, let me tell you a secret. We are given one life and one opportunity to make our mark on this world. And I decided I wanted to go out of here kicking screaming and yelling yahoo as I'm going down that giant slide and I decided at that time that I was going to live to be 153 years old and one day because I'm going to celebrate all 24 hours of the 153rd birthday and I don't want to leave anything that I desire undone when I read about about this and um, and started learning about you know kind of the, the the things that you have done, it made me think about how I'm living this year. Now I'm in my mid forties, and you know, kind of in that stage of life where you were on your porch, and I can completely relate to the idea of you know the world is defining me by you know, these things. And it's easy to get caught up in thinking that's what's important to me too. But COVID taught me how quickly things can change and how quickly we can have what seemed like you know, accessible areas of life have those shut down and we are no longer able to go and, and access those things as easily. And so I created a list of 22 things I wanted to do in 2022. Some of them are big, some of them are small, but I had a greater sense of urgency to go out and do these things and stop waiting. Well, and, and that's the thing. We think that we need to wait until our kids are older. We think that we need to wait until, um, you know, we have reached this promotion level in our job, but what, whatever it is, we think that we need to wait until fill in the blank. Don't wait. Now, I did end up waiting about five years before I did get certified to scuba dive. And the only reason was that uh, our youngest son wanted to get certified also, and he needed to be a certain age. So we ended up waiting. Um, but that's really the only thing I waited on. But Six years ago, when I hit this moment in my life, and this is where I ended up going on the journey and I ended up losing the weight and all this stuff. And I discovered these things that I wish I would have known back when I was in my 20s. So the thing that I learned that's had the most profound impact on my life is here's the big secret. I am only in control of me. 
I am not in control of anyone else. And for those of you who are listening right now, if you have toddlers or teenagers or even, you know, little babies, big secret, you are not in control of them at all. So stop telling yourself that you are. Start recognizing that you have zero control over what they are doing, what they are saying, what they are thinking. Accept it. Release it. Realize- so much more fun to be a parent when you are, when you let your kids be who they are and you get to be part of the audience right. in their great show. And, and encourage them. Rather than trying to be the director. Yeah. Stop being the director. Encourage them especially when they're younger. If you're encouraging them when they're younger, I can guarantee you that when they're much older, life will be a whole lot easier. So I tell people all the time, you are only in control of you. You are not in control of anybody else. So stop pretending that you are. And life gets much easier. And then when you make these decisions, I can only imagine what's on your list of 22 things to do. When you make your list of things that you want to do so that you're not, you know, with any ragrats. Um, don't worry about who's going along with you. That's a big part of my list. And when I work with my with my clients, I also ensure that whatever goals they're setting, they are able to do without help from anybody else. And that it's something that they don't have to wait for anyone else to be ready. And that they don't need permission. And it's it's something that they can actually follow through on. Because that's what gives you some of that, that confidence that comes from achieving something. Is knowing that, you know, this was something that I decided to do. And I, I followed through and pulled it off. Now, I do need a little bit of help with one. I need somebody who has a motorcycle with a sidecar. Because one of the things on my list is to ride in a sidecar. And I am on the lookout for that. Well, and that's probably going to be easy to find. I hope so. I hope so. How did you come up with your list? You've, you've got such a, an eclectic list of things that you've already accomplished. How did you decide what you wanted to do? Well, some of the things that I've done, I just have always wanted to do. I can't remember why or, you know, whatever. And and that's the other thing. Your list is your list. Mm -hmm. Do not ask anyone else for their input, opinion or anything else. Your list is your list. And I'm going to tell you another secret. You have people in your life who are going to say, what the heck do you want to do that for? That's a dumb idea. Be on the lookout for those idea killer police. Oh, I'm so lucky to have a network around me that says, can I come? Because (laughs) I have very adventurous friends. That that is amazing. (laughs) Now, the trip to Zimbabwe happened because I was um, struggling at my job and I had attended um, a Bible study. And the person who was in charge of it said, would you like to go to Africa? And I was like, sure. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I told my husband and he was like, Do you even know this person? I said, well, no, not really. I mean, I've attended this Bible study. Well, where in Africa are you going? I said, I don't know Africa. But I mean, this is how crazy it was. And this this is the other reason why I'm saying when you have an opportunity or you have a dream or desire, write that sucker down where you can see it. Put Mm -hmm. it someplace where you're looking at it. I'm not much into vision boards or anything like that. I'm big into lists. 
but you know, write down those those ideas that come into your head and so that you can start planning for them. Start making a plan. We have January coming up pretty soon, right? How many people listening start making their plans for their goals for the year? When you're looking at December 1st, instead of just making your Christmas list, start figuring out when you are going to do those things that are on your list. In January, you're going to go and do X, Y, Z. In February, you know, do one thing a month. I don't care how big or small it is. Um, a week or so ago, at the time we're recording this, I turned 65. I decided one of the ways that I'm going to do that is I'm going to do something crazy and totally, you know, drive my kids insane, um, wild. So among the things that I've got on my list are I'm going to do that I fly thing. So I'm not about to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Sorry, I want to do that. So please follow up and let us know. I will how let it goes. you know. But I want to do that I fly so that I can experience that. I want to climb a rock wall so I can experience it. There are these things that I want to do. Um, I want to try a tough mutter. I haven't yet figured that one out, but you know, so once a month, I'm going to do something. And if my family wants to join me, they're welcome to. I mean, I have three adult boys and they're all three married. Um, and I will tell you, you know, I'll give away the story at the end. They all survived my crazy <laughs> parenting. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know because I I I'm just continuing to make contributions into the therapy fund for for my boys. <laughs> oh, one of my sisters told her kids, you know, don't worry about it. You're going to need therapy by the time I'm finished. So yeah, you know. and I tell people, I well, first of all, um, not for empathy, but my mother, my own mother, died uh, two weeks before my oldest child was born. Hmm. So when I tell people I made it up, made up parenting as I went along, I'm very, very serious. Mm -hmm. I, my my ideal was um, June Cleaver of Leave It to Beaver and Donna Reed. Oh, gosh. Uh, to the point that I actually did wear the pearls and the heels and all that kind of stuff for the first six weeks of my oldest child's life. Yes, I know. Isn't that insane? Um, but I didn't know any better. So when I say I made it up, I made it up. And when I tell you they survived, yes, they did survive. So if, if you think that you are not doing a good job as a parent, if you're struggling, I'm going to say to you, you know what, you're doing the best that you can. If you're making it up, it's okay. Yeah, we're all it making okay. it up. We're all making it up. That's right. Yeah. I wonder as the as the mother of 3 what what lessons have you learned from your kids From my kids I've learned that when they ask a question such as is Santa Claus real that I need to be very honest and answer them truthfully because that's a true life story my youngest one asked me at 4 years old mom is there really a Santa Claus and I paused and I looked at him and I said what do you think and he said, I think it's you and dad. And I said, yes, that's that's correct. But please don't tell your cousins who still believe. So be, when your children ask you a question, you can ask back to them, what do you think to see, you know, what what road they're going down? OK, because you don't want that 
where do babies come from? And they really want to know about which hospital <laughs> and you end up giving them, you know, a, a sex talk and, that, and they sit there confused, like, what the heck? So ask, ask them, you know, what do you think? And then listen to them. But the other lesson that I learned is spending time with them and having conversations with them is way, way, way more important than anything else that I'm doing. Because with my kids, as you know, they go into school and all that, you get that you know, teacher call and all that kind of stuff. I knew from my children what had happened long before I ever got a phone call from a teacher. And they knew that they could come to me and tell me whatever and that I was not going to erupt like, you know, some volcano. I was going to listen to them. But that pays off when they're teenagers and the problems get bigger so that they're mm -hmm. coming to you when they've got a problem. They're coming to you. They're not running around with all the other crazy teenagers trying to solve a problem. And trust me, they're going to get bad advice there. You think they're getting bad advice at home? Oh, my gosh. Was there a time in your life when you realized that you needed to to um, adjust, when you needed to pivot, when you had gotten disconnected from your priorities and you you needed to be reunited with them? And I'm curious, how did you know and what did you do? Back in 2014, I came to the realization that I was giving everything to my job and my job was giving nothing back to me. And today I call that sacrificing myself on the altar of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I recognized if I was going to be able to live to be the 153 in one day that I desired, and if I was going to be 80 years old and sitting on my front porch with no regrets, um, I was going to have to start putting me first and stop sacrificing myself on the altar of everybody else. Now, if you're a mother and you've got children and all this stuff, we are told, and yes, I'm including myself, we are told that we can do it all. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a secret. No, you cannot. Pick your priorities. Pick is important to you. And what is important to you is what is important to you. No mm -hmm. one else gets a vote. Right. You know, this, this is not a democracy. Okay. It's a dictatorship. You decide what's important to you. And then you figure out how you're going to live your very best life, taking care of what's important to you. Now, the other thing is we can start sacrificing ourselves on the altar of everybody else. And I call that chasing people around with their oxygen mask. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've flown, right? Mm -hmm. They give you the instructions, put on your oxygen mask before you help anybody else. Mm -hmm. I always poo-pooed that. I mean, I've flown plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to pay attention. I don't need to do that. Well, I saw a YouTube video and it said you have 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And I was like, holy cow, here I am. I could see myself running after people, giving them my oxygen mask. And sometimes I was chasing people who already had an oxygen mask. And the whole time I'm gasping for air. So 
I tell people, if we don't put on our oxygen mask first and instead we're putting it on everybody else or we're chasing people who already have them on, that plane's going to land and where are you going to be? You're going to be laid out in the aisle. The people are going to get off the plane. They're going to step over you and say, there's that nice person. But where are you going to be? Now, how does that apply if you are parenting children, if you're working a career it applies because you cannot give if you don't put your own oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to what we talked about at the beginning. You can only control you. You have no control of anybody else. And the people who do not want you to be your best, they just don't want you to be that your best. So you move them out of your orbit, move them far away from you surround yourself by people who want you to be your best. Were there times when you had to do that and you you needed to make edits in the people who were in your orbit that were not contributing? It did not want you to be your best and and have to actually end those relationships. I, I ended up ending a whole slew of relationships. And the reason that I did was I started recognizing they were only taking from me and they were not giving anything back. And as I started working on myself and being in control of me and living my best life, if I felt as if I was constantly giving, I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I want a two-way street relationship. So yes, I severed a whole lot of ties a whole lot. I even back some of my family away because just because they're related doesn't mean that they're healthy to be around in close proximity. So I even back some of my family away. And doing that, you may feel a little bit odd. You know, their family, they should be. No, you take care of you. You're only in control of you. Make sure that you're putting your oxygen mask on first, live your best life. And then you'll feel that relief when you move those people away from you. Sometimes it feels like a selfish thing to to expect and demand, I guess might not be that that might be too strong of a word, but expect to to get something. Like I'm not getting anything from this job. I'm not getting anything from this friendship. And it might feel um kind of narcissistic to be thinking about, well, what do I get? What do I get? And that can be a barrier to really honoring what you need. Everybody needs to have feedback and um, reward from the relationships that we have. And I try to, to remind myself that it's not narcissistic or selfish to ask what do what am i getting from this because we all have an inherent need to be accepted to be seen to be heard and to have space to be ourselves 100% well and if if we are constantly giving which is something that you know society has taught us especially as females we are taught that if you are taking care of yourself you're being selfish and all this kind of stuff and you should be giving 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 and you can have it all and all that kind of stuff and you know if you want to google the the song helen ready i am woman hear me roar you know 
that that was me 100 percent. You know, I can do it all. But the truth of the matter is it is selfless to take care of you first, Mm -hmm. because if you are not taking care of you first, you cannot give your best. And you need to have things coming into you so that you can give out. Yes. So editing those relationships is critical to making certain it's just like food. Okay. Are you going to put weak old food into your body or are you going to put good quality food into your body? What you put in is what you get out. Garbage in, garbage out. It applies everywhere, not just computers. I like to see the transformation that takes place when somebody does start advocating for themselves that way and begins to have a higher standard for the type of energy they're going to allow into their life, the type of friendships and relationships they're going to have. And then that starts to turn into the type of food that they're going to eat, the type of sleep that they're going to get. And then I think you see this kind of like an exponential domino effect of their energy increasing to the level where they are able to give so much more value to others. And until somebody really experiences that themselves, I, I, I don't know that, that they get it. And so guys, if you're listening, give it a try, give it a try, give yourself just a week to practice some of these principles. And if it's the worst experience of your life and you want to go back to being super stressed out and resentful, you totally can. But give it a shot and let us know what you think. Well, and one of the things that I came to realize as I was making these changes and starting to put myself first um, is the people around me had to start making changes. Well, actually, they had two choices. The people around <laughs> me had two choices. They could either make some adjustments or they could continue on the way that they were. And those people got pushed further out of the orbit. So, in fact, my my husband said, I'm not really sure what's going on and I'm not really sure if I like it. <laughs> mm. That's some nice, c- clear communication right there. Yes. And I didn't really answer him because, you know, sometimes we don't have the words to explain things. And when we don't have the words to explain things, just don't try and explain them. Okay. Sometimes the answer is because drives him crazy, but sometimes (laughs) that's the answer. But recognize that when you start changing, especially when you start putting yourself first, people around you are going to be start getting uncomfortable because it means that they need to do something. And then you need to evaluate the relationship because if you're getting pushed back to go back to the way you were, that should be your very first signal that you're heading in the right direction mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. take a deep breath, reach out to somebody who is going to encourage you or do what I do, grab a pen and paper and start writing to yourself. Oh my gosh, you would not believe what he said today. And I was doing such and such. And then I'll turn around and I say, you know what? I am so proud of you for everything that you're doing. And I have a two-way written conversation with myself. In, in my book, You Can't Eat Love, I, talk, I call it talking to your very best friend in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. And that's yourself. 
tell us about um, your book, You Can't Eat Love. Where can we find it? And what will people learn when they read it? Well, the book is You Can't Eat Love, How Learning to Love Yourself Will Change Your Relationship with Food. Um, I had a counselor read it before it was published, and she said it could be you can't drink love, you can't drug love, because really it's a story about learning how to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's me talking to you. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can hear the way that I speak. Well, I speak exactly the same way in the book. And the easiest place to get the book is on Amazon. Um, and just you can't eat love. And then I've got a website, you can't eat love.com. And if you reach out to me, I definitely will respond. But I wrote the book because I realized that there were other people like me, there were other me's out there in the world. And I wanted them to not have the struggle that I had to learn to love themselves. I wanted to shortcut the whole process so that they could start living their best life a whole lot sooner than I started living my best life. I um, I agree. I, I think that there are so many things that we try to use as a path to love that really are a barrier. And, you know, when we can finally remove that barrier and realize that the, that love can be a circular process with ourselves, um, you know, you just want to go to the rooftops and shout it to everyone. So sounds like this book is your way of, of going to the rooftops and and telling everyone what you want them to know. 100 percent, 100 percent. And part of my aha moments were I came to understand we teach other people how to treat us. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and the first person that we need to teach is ourself. That yep. self-talk is so critical. And so I say, you know, to people who have uh, children, you know, make certain that you are noticing the good things that they are doing. Because one of my favorite books, and this is crazy, is Don't Shoot the Dog it has nothing to do with shooting dogs. So I don't want to hear from anybody about that. But it's about training animals. And we we are mammals. But this works. If you notice and comment and celebrate the positive things, the things that you want to continue and ignore the stuff that you want to stop. It works. Mm -hmm. It really works. Mm -hmm. So yep. with yourself, when you notice that you're speaking kindly to yourself, go, oh my gosh, I'm speaking kindly to myself. I'm so excited. When you notice that your children are doing something, whatever you want them to do, comment on it, celebrate it. They're going to think you're a little weird, but you know what? That's okay. My children introduced me. Actually, they warned their friends ahead of meeting me that my mother is crazy. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, their thing. But when, when we learn to love ourselves, then we start establishing that boundary with ourselves. This is how I'm going to treat me. Well, then we teach other people how to treat us. And we teach other people what we will and will not accept. And let's celebrate the good things that we are doing and ignore the stuff that we want. Just stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. So what's next for you? You've you've got this really fun list of things. I know that you want to go and try flying, which I can't wait to hear about. What's next for you? What's on your list? Well, um, included in that is I want to write another book about all the Leslie-isms that I had, you know, raising my children, for example, do you know what mom's 
stands for, which is mean old mother. <laughs> and uh, when my oldest one told me that at two and a half, he said, you're so mean. I said to him, well, you know what mom stands for? And he said, what? And I said, mean old mother. And I said, every day I get out of bed. Before I get out of bed, I think of three mean things to do to each one of you. And that was one. <laughs> So I never had a problem with my children telling me I was mean because they knew I was. <laughs> That's the job description. It, it, it is. So I want to get that out of my head. But also, I want to be a, to make certain that I'm not leaving anybody behind. I want to make certain that everybody that needs to learn to love themselves is learning to love themselves. And I want to continue meeting people like you because I'm inspired to do some other things. I thought about the motorcycle and the sidecar. I'm adding that to my list. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see how your flying experience goes, and I will let you know how it is to ride in the sidecar of a motorcycle. Awesome. I hope you're going someplace fun. I don't even care where I go. I just just want to do it. (laughs) Well... I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today and all of the gems that we have heard from you based on your experiences in life, what you've decided was working well, what you decided you wanted more of, what you decided you wanted to create for yourself and why. And I thank you for your time today and for being part of Heather Solves Everything. Well, thank you so much. And you keep solving all the problems. I'm going to (laughs) try. Gosh, can you see yourself now sitting on your front porch thinking about the things that you want to do in life and you want to not have regrets about? (laughs) I especially loved Leslie's advice about the lessons she had learned from her kids. And I believe that we are always learning from our kids, learning about ourselves and about life. And you know, some of the lessons that she learned, I heard as reminders to ourselves. So the first one is be honest. When your kids ask a question, be honest and ask, what do you think? To see which direction they're going in and then Tell them the truth. And I think that's something that we need to be consistent about with ourselves as well. We need to be honest with ourselves about what we need and what we like, what we enjoy and what we want in life. And to continually ask ourselves, what do we think? What do I think about this? And be honest and believe what we hear. She talked about being a place where her kids could come and talk with her and know that that they were in a safe place. She never had to worry about the teacher calling because she already knew because her kids knew they could come and talk to her. That's something that we can create for ourselves as well, being a safe place for ourselves. Leslie talks about having her best friend in the whole wide world, which is herself. And we can create that as well by being a safe place where we're not speaking with self-criticism, self-loathing, but where we are coming back home to where we can be vulnerable about what it is that we're working on. And I love this third element of advice, 
celebrating every win, celebrating the small things with a pat on the back and a high five and a fist bump to ourselves. Yeah, even for those little things, even when it's just that you noticed that you were being compassionate to yourself. Now, you may be rolling your eyes and thinking, oh gosh, Heather, I can't solve all my problems just by being nice to yourself. Well, guess what? You can. It's a first step. And like I said before, if you don't like it, you can always start being mean to yourself again. Now, I really enjoyed this conversation with Leslie. And if you would like to get in touch with her and learn more about the work that she does, you can go to her website. It's you can't eat love.com. And that's a can't with no apostrophe. You can't eat love.com. And I'm sure she would love to hear from you. Well, guys, we did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our new friend, Leslie. Now, if you have a problem to solve, just go to heathersolveseverything.com and click on solve my problems to submit a show topic idea. And as always, come and see me on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for Heather Solves Everything. I can't wait to hear what's on your mind. I'm Healthy Heather, and I hope something great happens for you today. I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything too. 